from America. You're listening to the Hip Hop Patriots. Jeremy Harrell. Woo! It is Hump Day Wednesday, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so very much. I have an incredible... Incredible show lined up for you today. Good news, some not-so-good news, and some really good news because we've got Garrett Saldano running for the governor of Michigan to get rid of Governor Whitless. Finally, some people that are standing up to Governor Whitless. I know that Garrett's been doing a lot of work for a long time, and uh, there's a lot of you who really requested him to be on this show. So he will be joining us about 25 minutes past the hour. So thank you for joining in Uh, For Live from America, ladies and gentlemen, I am your ever-so-humble, God-fearing but God-loving host, Jeremy Harrell, the hip-hop patriot, and I am coming to you from the live-free-or-die Granite State of New Hampshire. There's a lot to cover today. We are live on Rumble. We are live on YouTube. We are live on digital TV like Roku and Fire Stick, and of course, you can always listen to the podcast, um... By going to JeremyHerald.com, linking right to the RSS.com feed, or if you have a TuneIn.com, a Radio.com, or an iHeartRadio profile or an account, then you can listen to the audio version of the show there. However, in the beginning of every show, it is our job, it is your job, it's my job, I've done mine prior to the show, but to share it with as many people as possible, especially today, if you live in the great state of Michigan. There might be people out there who don't believe in what you believe when it comes to politics. There might be people out there who are left-leaning that you know in in your family or friends, but who are just so tired of uh, Governor uh, Gretchen Whitless's totalitarian way of ruling the state that they just want to hear from somebody else. Maybe they don't know who Garrett Saldano is. Please, ladies and gentlemen, be those force multipliers and get this video out to everybody Right now, while I go to social media and do some shout-outs and say hello to some family members who are joining in, so let's give a shout-out to Sherry from Texas by the name of Shuckabees. Good to see you, Sherry. Richie R1 uh, says, Happy birthday, Griffin. It must be Griffin's birthday today. Well, you know what we got to do when it's somebody's birthday. We do what no other show does. We highlight that person and we sing happy birthday to him. So let's go ahead and do that, shall we? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Griffin. Happy birthday to you. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful and blessed birthday. With your friends and family, let's say hello to Wendy. She says, I'm sick of all of them. She must be talking about rhinos and swamp donkey Democrats. Claire says, happy birthday to Griffin as well. Donna is in the building. Um, Gretchen Hitler. (laughs) That's a good, that's a good, with the silent W in the front, right? Uh, Paul Janney says, Jeremy, your birthday's coming up. Yes, it is. August 16th is my birthday. Uh, Let's see who else we've got in Rumble. Chick 73 is also wishing happy birthday to to Griffin. And uh, let's see, we've got 49 Rachel. I don't know if that's Rachel is 49 or what, but Rachel 49, God bless you and thank you for joining in the show today. And Joe from Texas, Joe Bo 
from Texas is in the house. Rhonda says, for your Jesus calling, go to christianbook.com. Oh, if you want the evening version, just like we read at night. Thank you so very much uh, for giving that website out. And of course, uh, Deb Yoakum from Tennessee and her wonderful sister who painted that beautiful painting of Teddy Roosevelt and uh, Donald Trump. That's actually I'm saving to go up into the new studio because I'll be signing the new papers for the new studio probably Monday of next week. So I cannot wait to show you guys the space. Let's shoot over to YouTube real quick because we've got some folks over there like Sherry DaCosta says, please pr pray for us here in California. Uh, so much fire smoke. Yes, I know all that's going on out there and I'm so, so incredibly sorry that you're dealing with that stuff. It's been in my prayers. I'll continue to pray for all of you out there who are dealing with that, uh, that tragedy that's going on. Oh, did we see Julie? Did we see Julie? Where is he? Julie Klein. God bless you, dear. I love you so much. It's been so long since I've seen you. God bless you. Thank you for joining in today. We've got Michelle Atkinson. She says prayers for California. Roxy Loves America is also from California, living her maskless life, uh, minus work anyway. Brenda Hines, always on time, is watching. Russ Brizendine and Annette Wegerson says prayers for us in Illinois. I think vast vaccine passports are coming they're only coming if the people of the state of illinois allow them to come and that's what you see in australia and italy and so many other places right now france the citizens are saying no not happening again but we need to do exactly that we need to stop following what other countries are doing and start doing what we're used to doing here in america and start leading Okay, uh, let's see. I want to go to shout out to David Kaiser. Thank you, David. I got your donation in the mail last night. I appreciate that. Sending in your monthly donation that way is always great as well. I'd like to remind you guys of the schedule coming up. I will not be here this Friday afternoon, nor will I be here next Friday afternoon. However, I got a special Sunday show for you at 3 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time this coming Sunday with Pastor Tim Frisch. I'd like to ask for prayers for Heather Osborne. Her friend Tammy finally did pass away, and I know it's hard. Losing anybody is so so incredibly hard to deal with and it's so incredibly hard to just focus on god and jesus and the blessed time that tammy did have here but we'll definitely be praying for you heather and tammy and tammy's friends and family as well um and also i'd like to ask for prayers to add to your list folks uh kristen uh dickinson kristen dickinson uh she doesn't have much family. She's actually a very lonely person, but she's she uh, she got a dog named Jeffrey a long time ago, and her and Jeffrey have been like this. I just seen an email right before I popped on, and Jeffrey has got a cancer lump that needs to be removed. Uh, she doesn't know how she's going to pay for it, but I'm going to get a hold of Kristen after the show today. I'm going to see what I can do, um, and I think what I'll do is I, any anything that I um, any purchases that are made for the new shirts that are on the website, the three percenter. You know, when tyranny becomes uh, law, um, you know it's. I forget the rest of the saying because I'm thinking of Kristen, but any of the shirts and hats that sell for the next couple weeks, I'm going to donate the money to Kristen to help uh, with with her dog. So we'll get a hold of you, uh, hon, and, and we just want to let you know that you are on our prayer list. God bless you, and just keep keep up the fight, and I'll get a hold of you, and we'll see what we can do to help you, okay? We stick together in this Live from America family. I've said it from the very beginning, and I think many and many of you know that is to be the case here. We don't, we don't leave any man or woman behind. The other 5,473 genders, 
I don't even know who they are. But any man or woman or doggy for a kiddo, we will help right here on Live from America. Okay? So we're going to pray for Jeffrey. Um, let's get right to the verse of the day, folks, because i got a jam-packed show for you today, and I don't want to miss any time with Garrett Saldano. So, ladies and gentlemen, the, the uh, newsletter, the verse of the day today, actually um, was titled, We Are Designed to Need, and I put that in capital letters, NEED. We are designed to need a father, okay? And the verse of the day comes from Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12. And I just want to let you know that what was the driving factor uh, for, for putting this verse out today and, and to talking about needing a father was because my mother gave me a prayer book for fathers, a prayer book on how to... Uh, how to react and how to act towards your children and how to treat your children like God treats us. And I read it every day and it just prompted me, you know, I was thinking about me growing up without a father and so many people that I knew who have grown up without a father and how hard it is for a family that does that. And God bless all the moms out there who do it on their own. But verse of the day, Thessalonians 2, 11 and 12 says, For you know that we dealt with each other Excuse me. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children, encouraging, comforting, and urging you to live lives worth of God who calls you into his kingdom and to his glory. Okay? And then I wrote this. It's, it's rather long, but this is why I wanted to get to it a little quicker today. The role of the father is very important in every way, just as important as a mother's. You see, we all seek the love of our Father in heaven. Every one of us. Every single one of us seek that love. That desire to have the Father of creation in our life transcends down to our earthly needs and desires as well. Whether you are a young boy or a young girl, you seek the attention of your daddy. All of us have. It's instinct, just like the love and need that you get from your mother. Look at all of the homes that grow up without either of them. While it's possible to succeed and honor God in your life without the presence of one of them, it doesn't come without pain, heartache, loneliness, despair, and even jealousy when you see other kids with both of their parents. In most cases, it's the dad that is not present in a single home. A child that grows up without a dad is far more likely to get into trouble and follow a bad path at an early age. I grew up without my dad, and it hurt me for years. Even though my dad and I are close today, I was never able to escape the deep hurt I had in my heart for his absence until I was brought into a relationship with my father in heaven. Until then, every time I saw a movie on TV or a TV show of a father and son bonding or doing something together, I would cry and ask God why I was never able to experience that. When I had kids, I promised myself that I would always be there for my kids and always uh, be involved in their lives. The difference it makes is massive. There is no substitute for a father in your life. Period. God designed it that way. Which is why marriage is a special bond between a man and a woman and the children they produce are a blessing from God. My kids will never know what it's like to not have their dad. Something I know all too much about. And some of you that read this or hear this now have a dad, but you haven't spoke to him in a while. Or maybe you haven't seen him even in even a longer amount of time. Reach out to your dad today if your dad's still there and you haven't spoken to him in a while. Mend that relationship if there's something that needs to be mended. You are never too old to receive the love of your dad. 
Little girls need the love and the presence of their father to show them how a man is supposed to treat a woman. A strong relationship with a girl and her daddy will guide her to a man who loves and respects her the way that she deserves. A relationship with a boy and his dad is just as important because he learns how to be a man in the way God intended and how to properly treat the woman that he will eventually meet and marry. We all need our dads. However, if you don't have one, then just know that your Father in Heaven can play that same role. He is there for you always, and He is rich in love, mercy, and advice for you to move forward in life and walk with His only Son, Jesus Christ. Amen, folks. And I know a lot of you are feeling this today. Look at Victoria. She said, this hits home so much. I lost my dad in 1993. Imagine. Imagine not being able to have said what you wanted to say to him before he left, or vice versa. And some fathers were not there long enough to where they don't know how to reach out to you. Be the bigger person. Get, ask God for that courage. Ask God for that, that incentive or that drive or whatever it is, that, that energy that you need to reach out to your dad. Like I said, my kids will never know that. And I am so grateful for that. And if I had not found a relationship with God prior to mending my relationship with my father, then I'd still be crying about it right here today. But now I can smile and I can have joy over the relationship that I have with my father, regardless if he was there or not. A father's love is that important. And that was the verse of the day today, ladies and gentlemen. So let's cap it off as we always do. Before we start the show, remove your hats, set your coffee aside, tell everybody that's in your around your cubicle at work to be quiet because you're busy saying the Lord's Prayer. Let's all say it together so all of heaven can rejoice. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Lisa says, not having a dad in your family changes our culture. 100% agree, my dear. Jay Miles says, my dad raised my sister and I by himself. Very hard to do. Fathers can't multitask like mothers can. Fathers can't offer that nurture, nurturing, you know, everything that a mother brings. So it's very, very difficult. I agree. Lost my dad at 17, says Mr. Shy. So very, very, very sad. All right, folks. <clears throat> you ready? You got them goosebumps on the back of your neck yet? Because we're ready to start live from America. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's get ready to rumble. The first and foremost section today is also going to double down as the dummy award of the day. So who's going to get the dumb, dumb award of the day? Well, let's go ahead and cue that dumb, dumb music, shall we? And you know it's got to go into that swamp donkey Democrat bucket. You know it's got to go in there because a Texas federal judge by the name of Kathleen Cardone has blocked Governor Greg Abbott's executive order to ban ground transportation of and for illegal aliens on the Texas southern border. This is a temporary restraining order until the August 13th hearing. 
And of course she sided with the crooked, totalitarian, authoritative Biden DOJ who actually filed the lawsuit. Now think about this, folks. Think about what's happening here. The Biden administration, your sniffer and thief, your stealer in thief, your illegitimate president occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue is actually fighting one of our own states in our union and filed a lawsuit against the governor of that state who's protecting the people of Texas and ultimately whatever other state that they end up getting to. This man is protecting his people because the federal government has let them down. And the Biden administration is actually fighting one of our own states, our, one of our largest states in the union, to allow illegal, alien, uh, illegal aliens to come across the border with COVID, with the Delta variant, with the Bi-Veta Kappa variant, or whatever other Greek alphabet variant. They're going to stick behind something in order to keep this going even longer. Literally, he is fighting... The legality that is the authority under the uh, Texas governor's, you know, umbrella of authority to be able to protect his citizens and his borders. He's fighting to bring in illegal aliens, breaking federal law, breaking state law, literally committing felonies every time one of the 10,000 that come across in that single day. Literally, how many felonies is that? He's committing felonious crimes while fighting a governor who did something under the legal law and his under his powers. Think about that. That's what this that's what this administration is doing. And that is why when Trump comes back, he needs to make sure that he surrounds himself with the correct people. To and, and he need and we need the House, we need the Senate so that we can put the right people ahead of the DOJ, ahead of the FBI, get rid of Christopher Ray, get rid of Garland, get rid of the swamp, put people in there who will take those handcuffs, get in the car, drive, find Sleepy Joe walking around some playground somewhere, sniffing some girl's hair that he just cut off, okay? Arrest him and put him in Gitmo where he belongs. That's what needs to happen. That's what needs to happen. That's the great awakening. That's the great awakening right there, folks. That's the big reset. The big reset is God's justice being done on these disgusting, lying, thieving, cheating, pedophile, whatever you want to call them, but they're breaking federal and state law by doing exactly what that lawsuit says. Breaking federal law. What do you want to do? What do you want to say? What do you want me to say? The guy needs to be in prison, and so does everybody in administration. <laughs> we did it, Joe. We destroyed America. We did it, Joe. <laughs> and it will happen. It will happen. We have God's promise. I read you the verse last week that we will see justice for the injustices that took place in our own time. Not in next lifetime. We're not going to have to hear about it from our children's children's children praying to us in heaven and saying, Daddy, it finally happened. Nope, we're going to see it in our lifetime. And I can't wait to be there to watch it go down. Will I gloat? No. Will I laugh and say, ha, 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 I told you so? No, because I don't want any of it to take place to begin with. This is not a happy ending. It's an ending that needs to happen. We're going to rip off some band-aids and we're going to probably open up some other cuts while we're at it. But we are not going to lose this fight. Not going to lose this fight. And I'll tell you another thing. They thought that President Trump was going to lose or it was going to be a loss for President Trump when it came to 
the election that happened in the 15th district of Ohio. But guess what happened? All of the fake news media was out there saying, oh, Trump's going to lose, Trump's going to lose. I mean, Mike Carey's going to lose because Trump backed him. Because they wanted Trump's political capital to be zero. But guess what happened? Just the opposite happened. Exactly the opposite. Same thing that happened in Texas. Same thing that happened in Florida. Remember when the Dems were like, oh, we're going to win. We're going to win. Republicans are going to lose. Here's our poll numbers. Hogwash with the poll numbers. Because they thought the same thing about Mike Carey. They thought he was going to lose because Trump backed him. But what happened was Trump's capital was on full, his political capital was on full display yesterday when Mike Carey won by 40%. Massive win by Mike Carey. So let's go to the statement by President Donald J. Trump because you know he's going to say something about this. He says, One of the biggest stories in the lamestream media yesterday was the very important congressional race in Ohio and whether or not Trump-backed candidate Mike Carey would lose against a large and outstanding field of other candidates. I think there was like 11 of them or something. The mainstream was chomping at the bit to report a loss for President Trump. And uh, Trump endorsed candidate. And they couldn't wait. In fact, the Washington Post, owned by Jeff Bezos, still hasn't corrected their very old story. But lo and behold, instead of a loss, there was a landslide victory for Mike. A win far larger than even most optimistics of polls. It was a great day for Ohio, but the story of this victory has been barely reported by the... We don't want fake news. By the fake news. If my endorsed candidate would have lost. It would have been nothing but on the front page. Such a double standard. But congratulations to Mike. He will never let Ohio down. Amen? And that shows you who's the leader of the party. It's a clear, clear statement of who the leader of the party is, ladies and gentlemen. His political capital's through the roof. Guess whose isn't? Obama's. (laughs) Gotta cancel that party there, bud. Come on now. You don't want to be a super spreader like your fellow take-your-ball-and-go-home Democrats that ran away from Texas and ran away from their job. Come on, you don't want to be a super spreader like a foul-mouthed, B-rated actor Michael Rappaport. You don't want to be a super spreader, do you? You don't want you and your and Michael's face on a shirt that says hashtag super spreaders, do you? Now, Betty still has that party, though. It'll just be under wraps. No cameras, no audio, no nothing. They'll even have Secret Service patting people down as they make their journey to Martha's Vineyard with their yachts. And they they just pull right in, right up to Obama's dock, get off, and they'll go downstairs, and they'll have whatever kind of party these people have. Who knows who will be there? Jeffrey Epstein won't. But maybe the product of Jeffrey Epstein's work while he was here on this earth will be there. I guarantee you that. Either way, they're still having that birthday party. So, super spreader. Uh, anyway, folks, um, I want to take a quick break real quick. Okay, We are going to have Garrett Saldano on in just a few minutes. We're going to take a quick, quick break. We're going to highlight a great American company, as we always do here on Live from America. And as soon as we come back, we will have gubernatorial candidate for the state of Michigan, Garrett Saldano. Be right back, folks. The majority of produce brands you're buying in your local stores is imported produce, and it's putting the American farmer out of business. Patriot Foods is fighting back by providing U.S.-only produce. Choosing the Patriot Foods brand is how you can support the American farmers, families, and our servicemen and women. 
Patriot Foods has family that has fought in the two major world wars. We strongly believe in your patriotism and your willingness to do what's right for your country. We need your help. Please join the fight and demand your country's brand in your local stores. We thank you and salute you. And welcome back, folks. Again, of course, always, always, always buy your products from American-made patriots. All boats rise. How do you think that? Uh, how do you think that? Um, what are they called? Uh, the left, the, the liberals. How do you think that they have 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 risen to power and control everything? Because they all work together. They keep their money in each in each other's businesses. They lobby for each other, and that's exactly what we Republicans have been doing now for quite a while. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to bring on a very, very, very special guest today. And uh, this gentleman goes by the name of Garrett Saldano. Now, if you don't know who he is, he's running for the governor of Michigan, getting out uh, Governor Gretchen Hitler, Whitler, whatever you want to call her, Whitless, Whitmer. Anyway, she's done no justice to the people of Michigan at all. And I found this out firsthand when I went to Holland, Michigan, with the uh, Save America Freedom Tour, and I got to actually hear the cries of the people who live there. And one name that just kept sticking out to me, was Garrett Saldana, you got to have him on the show, you got to have him on the show. Of course, I went and I did some research a few months ago, tried to reach out and get him on a few months ago, but much like my, uh, my website, you get tens of thousands of messages, it's very hard to find, you know, the ones that, that are reaching out and saying, hey, we'd love to come on the show, you know, so uh, long story short, you guys made this possible, you guys did what you do, and you reached out to his campaign, they reached out to me, lo and behold, here we are today, so without further ado, I would like to bring on Garrett Saldano, running for the Michigan, uh, running for the governorship of Michigan. Garrett, how you doing today, my friend? Oh, can you hear me? There you go, I got you on, can you hear me now? Yes, sir. How you doing today? Good. How you doing, brother? I'm doing well. It's an honor to have you, man. I, I got to say, I enjoyed our, our discussion earlier, and I uh, I enjoyed really reading, uh, you know, all up to date as much as I can. Of course, I've read the good, bad, and the ugly. Right? There's going to be people that don't like you for whatever reason. There's going to be people who love you. But one thing I noticed is that when I put a picture, a video today, up in my Telegram that you were going to be on, I noticed I looked through the comments, and there's just tons and tons of pictures with you. And other people of Michigan. So you must be making your rounds. And uh, But can you please just give a quick overview of who you are, why you're running for the governor of Michigan, and uh, what your mission statement is? Well, I tell you what, Jeremy, if you would have came to me a year and a half ago and told me, hey, Garrett, you're going to be running for governor, I would have laughed you right out of the room. You know, I was one of the people that fell asleep on the watch, that I would just go vote straight ticket, and then I'd go right back to my cushy lifestyle. And I never wanted to get involved with politics, never, never had any desire until April 9th when the governor extended the state of emergency um, through April. And she was telling us what we could and could not buy. Um, we could go in a kayak, but we couldn't go in a motorboat. And God forbid you touch that gas station pump handle, you may die of COVID. And I just remember being in my office at 3.39 p.m., and I was just so upset because your constitutional freedoms, your sacred values and citizens' rights— should never, ever be infringed upon, regardless of a pandemic. So I had to get something off my chest. And so what I did, I just started a Facebook group, and I called it Michiganders Against Excessive Quarantine. And I went on there, and I made what I call like a little hissy fit video. I don't even remember what I said. Um, it was five minutes long, and I after that was done, I went home, and my wife asked, like, what did you do? I was like, well, I started a Facebook group. And she's like, why? It's because I had to get something off my chest. 
And so we went on that night and there was 500 people. And my wife and I looked at each other and we we're saying, holy cow, like there's, there's 500 people that feel just like we do because we thought we were alone. And the silent majority is no longer silent. When we got up that next morning, it was 5,000. And then later on that night, it was 100,000. The second night, it was 200,000. The third night, 300,000. Literally, I looked at my wife. I said, what the heck did I do? Because there was a lot of energy, a lot of engagement on there. And so that's how this crazy thing started. Um, and after Facebook took us down at the end of April, because they said I was advocating the spread of disease, because I was doing a Facebook Live at Carl Mankey's Barbershop um, in Owasso, Michigan, even though ABC, NBC, Fox News, the Communist News Network, CNN, was right behind me doing the same gosh darn thing. But they clipped me and took down my group because they said I was advocating the spread of disease. So yeah. we reorganized and uh, I co-founded Stand Up Michigan, where we started to hold these protests and rallies um, around the state of Michigan against the, the tyrannical lockdowns. And then uh, we spearheaded this Unlock Michigan petition that took away the governor's uh, 1945 law. That's the law she was using to unilaterally control us. So we've been doing a lot as a movement. And that's one thing that I tell all the people out there. I said, holy cow, I mean, imagine what we're doing as we the people right now. Can you only imagine what we can do when we get into office? And so I made the decision early on this year that I was going to run for governor and to give people in the state of Michigan a voice and then be an expression of them. And that's why I feel we truly all want, Jeremy. It's just somebody who's going to do what's right for the good as a whole, represent us, be transparent, always tell the truth, and always do what's right. So that's why we're here today. Well, you know, and and, and I believe you. I mean, we like our, our conversation that we had before the show, you, you, you seem like somebody that I would instantly gravitate to. And of course, there's always going to be those hard questions. So, and you, and you told me right before the show, you said, hey, I'm transparent. I'm going to tell you whatever, you know, just come at me with anything. Let's, let's, let's get get it all out there. So before we get to the questions that I had, I want to ask a couple questions that people are asking in here. Now, I've, I've, I believe these are serious questions. I don't know the gist of the story, but a lot of people are wondering what your relationship is with Mike Shirky, because he's got quite a hell, hell of a bad name over the last, yes, you know. So, so, so just, uh, just if you could just tell people kind of what your relationship was in the past and what it is now and what it's going to be going forward. I think that would really help clear up a lot of, uh, a lot chat. of misinformation, yeah. that's for sure. Um, and that's one thing when you have success in anything on this beautiful cosmic journey called life, you're going to get the hate coming at you and you're going to get these rumors. Uh -huh. and I literally met Mike Shirky twice. One of them you can find on the YouTube channel. It's on the Stand Up Michigan YouTube channel. When we interviewed him, me and my co-founder, Ron Armstrong, uh, we were interviewing about the Unlock Michigan petition, the 1945 law. And that's out there for everybody to watch. And the second time that I've ever met and talked with Mike was at Stand Up Michigan's, uh, we had this like celebratory banquet uh, at the end of the year last year to celebrate everything that we were able to do as a movement. And I went up to Mike, shook his hand and uh, said, I'm sorry for your mom's loss because he just lost his mom. And so that was the only conversation I ever had with Mike. Um, Mike's got a, a reputation right now for being a rhino. Yep. And that's one thing in the state of Michigan that we're kind of fed up with is we're fed up with these typical politicians and we're we're fed up with the establishment, and we need to get these people out of office. We need real now. And that's one thing that President Trump lays the trail for people like me is, you know what? If you have any political experience, that's almost going to go up against you now. We want real Americans. We want people who love this country, who love this flag, that's going to put um, America first. Yeah. Now, and you know what I like about that answer? Well, no matter how you answered that answer, 
because truth is truth, right? It's always going to, you know, truth's always going to come out. What I like about that answer is you didn't try to do a Michael Jackson dance around the 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 answer and say, well, you know, Mike's a good guy, but, you know, there's, I, you know, I, I did have, you know, and, and you know how it is. Like you said, that yeah, typical that's rhino that's answer. answer. right? What's yeah. Usually typical politicians will answer, and that's what I want to let everybody know out there is I'm not a politician. I never will be. I'm real. I wear my heart and personality on my sleeve, and that's for everybody you enjoy. So literally, you're going to love me or hate me. <laughs> <laughs> so what? Do, so what do I call you if you do win? Do I call you governor? Do I call you doctor? What is the title that you stay with, doctor governor? <laughs> I do governor. Like I, I check my ego at the door. I don't like to go by like doctor Garrett or anything unless I'm in my clinic. But it's Garrett's just fine. That's awesome. So you have obviously experience running a business. So you do know how to do, you know, the basic thing that it seems that most politicians can't do today, and that is balance a budget, you know, look at, uh, you know, quarterly reviews and, and have any kind of expectations of what you're going to bring in the next one. They just spend, 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 spend. Uh, what kind of Republican are you? Are you a fiscally conservative Republican? or a fiscally or? conservative uh, Republican, and that's one thing that we need in all levels of government is business owners to go in there and actually run it like a business. And that you're, you hit the, the nail on the head when you said, you know, typical politicians, what do they do? They feel like they have a budget. And they don't even realize this budget is America's hard-earned money. You know, it's right. dollars and cents. These are people's livelihood. And they just feel that they just can spend these things um, on anything that they want, and they can overspend. And the biggest thing that we need is we need to get, on there, get in there and start making some cuts, because I guarantee you, there is overspending going on, and we need to we need to cut it. And that's what we need as business owners to get in there and actually run this place like a business, just like President Trump did for our country. Now, one more hard question for you, and then I want to get to my question. These are questions coming straight from the audience. I told them I'd let them ask questions, and if somebody's got a serious question that they want answered, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask it. So there's there's been not many, I'd say maybe three or four people who've reached out to me and said, "Look, um, can you ask him?" about and I'm, uh, apparently people feel that you blocked them during some comments on facebook or a video on facebook maybe a live video or something like that so and i blocked people too don't get don't get me wrong i block people now my my question is have you blocked anybody just because they've had difference of opinions of you or do you block people for a certain do they have to reach a certain like threshold of okay i've had enough of this person or are you blocking them because they're talking about maybe another person running for governor i mean these are serious questions so i'm gonna ask yeah, them. absolutely so the platforms that we built we're not going to allow people to go on there and you know promote their candidate they should do that on their own platforms you know so if everybody's trying to push something on one of my own personal platforms now my political page I don't run that. They can do whatever they want. My team runs that. But my own public figure, the group that we have, you know, we're not going to allow people to go on there and steal that platform to promote their own candidate. That is there strictly for our movement and what we're trying to accomplish. So if anybody's on there spreading hate or attacking people, you know how Facebook is. There's like a zero yeah, tolerance for this stuff right now. And the more and the more flags or the more times we get clipped, that puts the group in jeopardy. So I have the hard job, Jeremy. I'm trying to keep everybody connected, which you are well aware of because you're you're banned from Facebook. And we have to try to connect everybody. And if I let these people just post some controversial things, you know, I have to delete them. And if they continue to post them and they're going to threaten our group, then I got to ban them. And that's just me trying to be a leader, yeah. trying to keep over the 83,000 people on there connected 
because that's what we're try- they're trying to do is they're trying to keep us disconnected and keep us divided. And as soon as conversation starts happening, that's moving this thing in the in the right direction. That's when the left they they get they get they get fearful. Well, and 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 again, and, and you know, hey, I've done it too. People have said, "I thought you were all about free speech. Why'd you block me?" And it's like, look, I don't just block anybody. I block people if they're if they're you know. A lot of times, it's just it's you're trying to get a message out, and yeah. there's a lot going, so much going on in the comments, infighting. My candidate's better than this candidate. Why? Blah 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 blah. That it just it takes away from the message. I get what you're saying 100. percent One thing I tell everybody when I like I've told uh, Joe Blystone this, who's running for governor, um, many different people uh, running for governor. I said one thing that I think all candidates should do if they're real candidates is they should all be friendly to each other, number one. Don't have to promote each other on each other's platforms. That's what your own platform is for. But you should you should all have, um, anybody who's running for governor should all be running for the same thing, right? And what and, and I think that all every candidate should, uh, should, should meet the other candidates and see what they bring to the table. And when it's clear that one candidate's sticking out further than the others... Then everybody else get behind that candidate if they if they, if they can. You know what I mean? Obviously, we're not going to get behind rhinos. So you're exactly right. I get you hundred percent, man. I get you hundred percent. I always go off Ronald Reagan's eleventh commandment: "Thou shalt not talk poorly about any other Republican candidate." And one thing that I'm not going to do now: I'll attack policy, sure, I'll attack decisions, but I'm never going to attack them personally and spread smear campaigns. I mean, that's just not the type of person I am. Um, I will attack policy, obviously. But just like you said, you're right. I mean, we have to unite. And there's a lot of people that are in this race right now um, and great people, really good people. Yeah. Bottom line, you need to fundraise. And if you're not fundraising, you're not going to be able to get your messaging out. And Governor Whitmer has accumulated a war chest on all of our hard work this past year. Right. So if you're not raising any money, it's time for you to throw in the towel and get behind the people who can actually win and compete against Whitmer and (coughs) the establishment um, handpicked candidate that they backed. Yep, I agree. All right, so let's get into some of the questions that I have down for you. And I think this is one that's on my mind the most because it's something that I've been um, talking about lately. And I talked about it last night on the show. What do you think about the Department of Justice ending their investigation into Governor Whitmer for her mishandling of the nursing home COVID patients? And what will you do to advance that investigation with any powers that you have at a state level if you win, you know, that's thank you for asking that because bottom line, it's hot garbage, you know, and that's what people want right now is they just want the truth. Give us the truth. Give us transparency and we the people will figure it out. And by them not investigating throws up all kinds of red flags and sirens. And why not? What about the thousands of Michiganders who didn't have the opportunity to say goodbye to their loved ones because they were quarantined in those nursing homes? You know, and some of them even died and got called up to the big leagues by the good Lord. And so what are you telling those people? Those people deserve to know the truth. Now, look, Jeremy, like everybody in the beginning kind of gets a get out of jail free card with this because nobody knew if this virus had any teeth or not. If you remember correctly, back in January, February, the fear mongering that was going in the corporate media was saying like 10 percent of Americans were going to die. That's 30 million people. We wouldn't even be having a conversation right now if that indeed, in fact, was true. Right, right. right. So for them to put 
COVID infected people into elderly homes. We did know that in the beginning, once this virus started coming out, that this did have teeth to the elderly, especially with two or three underlying medical conditions. And as a governor, if you put COVID infected people into nursing homes in that vulnerable population, you need to be held accountable. And that's one thing that I will not let go, especially as governor, is those that were involved, if that indeed in fact happened, then those responsible will be held accountable. And that is a vow I will make to all of those families out there because they deserve to have justice. So you're vowing to continue to whatever you can within the powers of the governor to make 100%. sure that this investigation continues and those people get justice. 100%. Yes, sir. Good. Good. That's a that's exactly what needs to happen. It's what we all want to hear, but we want to see it happen too. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, I think you know if you say you're going to do something, then you don't go do it. Well, there goes your political capital. So I'm glad you're making those. I'm I'm glad you're making those uh, those commitments. Um, and that's our job as we the people. You know, we hear a lot of this. Where's the walking? And that's one thing I'm going to bring to the table is I'm going to back up everything that comes out of my mouth with action. And that's one thing that I've proven over the past year and a half is I am a man of action. I'm not doing this right now and talking. I'm actually trying to make positive, inspiring change in the state of Michigan. We did just that by restoring the checks and balances, by taking away that 1945 law. And I had no idea that a governor could weaponize the health department. But that's what I'm going to help get done next is to get this Unlock 2 done where we're taking the endless state of emergency that the health department's using right now away from them. And that's going to allow us to restore the checks and balances in this state. And we're doing that even before I get into office. Okay, good. Good, good, good. Um, You're a man of faith. Yes, sir. And if you don't mind me asking, are you Christian? Yep, I'm a devout Catholic. Okay, and do you are you practice? You and your family go to church every week. And what do you think? Here's here's a big question I have for you. I think that the role of the church needs to needs to step up. I think we don't need any more fence riders. Now you don't have to become a political advocate, but just by default, just preaching the gospel these days puts you in a political side, right? And I've seen churches for too long now. I'm like, where's the church? Where where are they putting their voice in this voice of a thousand other voices? Where is the church? The church has a responsibility and a role here. Why aren't they getting involved? What do you feel about that? I'm 100% agreeing with you. Is I feel that a lot of churches, my old church that I used to go to, they failed us miserably. You never, ever shut down a church. You just don't ever. When people needed you most, they shut down. Yeah. When people needed you most, you said you couldn't sing anymore, which is, again, hot garbage. Your constitutional freedoms, your sacred values, your citizens' rights, again, should never, ever be infringed upon regardless of a pandemic. These churches that shut their doors down, my goodness gracious, you had an opportunity, and that is when people needed you the most is to inspire hope, and you failed miserably. So I agree with you 100%. They need to start standing up because if not, they're not going to have much to stand up for here in the future. We are one election cycle from losing this republic and these churches need to realize that and start standing their ground and doing what's right for the good of the people. I agree 100%, my friend. We're just going to take a quick, quick break. We're going to uh, highlight some Real America's Voice news real quick, and we're going to be back in just a second with uh, gubernatorial candidate Garrett Saldano running for the great state of Michigan to finally end the tyranny of Governor 
Gretchen Hitler, Whitless, Whitmore, whatever you want to call her. She's no good for Michigan. And we will be right back with more Live from America, folks. Hey, War Room Posse. Real America's voice and the War Room's voice just got louder. Look, we're rolling out throughout the country because of this grassroots movement and support that you give us. The fight against the corporate interest, the extreme left, the woke media, the woke corporations, Wall Street is only going to get tougher and more meaningful. You now can see us on your local TV stations. Check out locally where you can get Real America's Voice and the War Room. Check it out. Real America's Voice and the War Room coming to a TV station near you. Lean into freedom and join Real America's Voice as we come to a broadcast station near you. Thank you to each new affiliate station across our great country for joining our powerful grassroots campaign. America has found its voice. Download the Real America's Voice app and join other Americans just like you across the country coming together for real change. And back here, ladies and gentlemen, live from America. We, of course, we've got to, oh, hold on there. Picture went up a little bit there. Of course, we got a special guest with uh, Garrett Saldano here today, ladies and gentlemen, who's uh, answering questions that I have put together for him and answering also questions that you guys uh, have been wanting me to ask him because, again, it's your future in the state of Michigan. You want to make sure that that you're getting what you pay for, and you want to make sure that what you're paying for is going to work for you. So, bringing back in uh, Garrett Saldano here. Garrett, let me ask you, let me get right into uh, to my, my next line of questioning here. Um, how close are you with m- the Michigan legislature, and are you aware of the rhinos? I know we talked about this a little bit ago, but are you aware of the rhinos that refuse to advance a forensic audit of the election... And are you aware of who they are, and do you support, and will you push a full forensic audit if it actually waits you know, till you become governor to do it? And let me answer that right now. I am for a full forensic audit in the state of Michigan. It needs to be done, and this is why, Jeremy. I've been around the entire state, all right? I've talked with tens of thousands of Michiganders, and one thing that scares the heck out of me is I keep hearing the same thing, and it's this. I'm not going to vote because it's not going to count. And that's, and that's bad. We need number one to do that full forensic audit to reestablish voter confidence in our state. That's what needs to happen. Okay. If you have nothing to hide, then just do it. It just to get that out there. But number two, the reason we have to do it, if there were shenanigans that swayed a presidential election, then those responsible should be held accountable to the highest extent of the law. That's called treason. And if there were other countries involved with our election process, then we sanctioned the heck out of them. Those two reasons are why we need a full forensic audit. And yes, we are aware of the rhinos who will not do it. And they're giving us all kinds of excuses on why not. They say they've seen the evidence, which is hot garbage. They haven't. They haven't done the full forensic audit. And so just do that and to allow people to understand that, number one, their vote's going to count. And number two, that we did our due diligence to make sure that our previous election and our future elections are not tampered with. And to answer your question with regarding the uh, the establishment and the rhinos and the uh, state legislatures, I can tell you one thing. I didn't make a lot of friends over this past year and a half. 
especially when we had our group of almost 400,000 people, we were breaking their servers because we would do what's called calls to action, and we called releasing the swarm, where we would have tens of thousands of people in the morning and in the afternoon making phone calls and crashing their emails and making sure that they did not extend the state of emergency and they still laugh it to this day about back in April when we used to do that to them every single day and we would tie up their phone lines every single day. So I can only imagine um, how many dislike what we've done to them. But that's where the accountability is. The legislature, they represent us. They work for us. And so it's our job as the people is to hold them accountable. And I tell everybody all the time, hold me accountable. If I'm doing a bunch of this, and I'm not taking action and doing the walking. You have every every right to hold me accountable. Okay, all right. Let's move right along here. Do you support? Sounds like you do, but I want to make sure. Do you support the America First agenda? And are you fully behind Donald Trump as the clear leader of this new Republican Party? Absolutely, one hundred percent. And here's why: President Trump blazed the trail for people like me that you don't need to have any political experience in the past to run for any level of office. And I can't wait to meet that guy one day and not ask for his endorsement, but just to say thank you for everything he's done. Because I've been through a lot of the hate, a lot of the death threats. The FBI came to my house all this past year and a half. Me too. But it's nothing. Nothing compared to what that guy had to go through when he announced and throughout his presidential um, race and when he was president, just the amount of hate and nonstop attacks that he went through. So I just can't wait for that day to, to meet him and look him in the eye and tell him thanks. Um, so I support his America's first agenda. And but I'm going to be honest, um, it's Michigan first now. You know, as governor, we are sure. going to put Michigan first, and we're going to be competing with DeSantis and the Abbots and everybody else out there. And we, the people, are going to make Michigan great again. That's for sure. Well, and that's what it, that's what it's all about. Obviously, it's your state first, but I, I I want people to understand the importance, and I know you do, but of a governor's role nationwide as well, because yeah. we all depend on you to make sure that what happens there doesn't affect us in a negative way, like cheating in elections, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, our family members that we have there not being locked down constantly. So, you know, you just as, I mean, look at DeSantis. He's a, he's a nationwide star, but he's working for the people of Florida. So, and and very important. He's doing very well with is he's being very transparent. You always see him online updating what he's doing. He's very involved, and that's what I like about Governor DeSantis is he's doing just that. And he's, and he's standing tall. I mean, look when he started to open up the attacks that he had on him. But he was doing it right. We all knew. And that's why I stood up from the very beginning that lockdowns were going to do more harm than good. And the catastrophic consequences of Governor Whitmer are going to be a whole heck of a lot worse, especially in the long term, than a virus that we have well over a 99% chance of surviving if infected. So leads me to my next question, and which it was a question I had anyway, and a lot of people are asking, where are you on the whole therape therapeutics versus vaccine thing? Well, look, I think it's all about choice. And again, look, we are all about transparency, and we just want the truth. Now, as a chiropractor, before I do a, my adjustment on somebody, I sit my patient down, and I empower them by giving them the truth and the education. These are the positives of doing this adjustment. Here's the negatives of not doing this adjustment, and here are the potential side effects of doing the adjustment. That is what's going towards what's called your Hippocratic Oath to do no harm. And the medical profession right now and these physicians, they are not doing that. They are not giving people the truth of the potential side effects of this medical procedure. 
and that's wrong. And so I'm all about medical freedom. And hey, if you want to wear the mask from here on out into eternity, that's your choice. If you want to mask up your kids, go right ahead. If you want to get the vaccine for you and your family, you have every right. But you know what? I also have a choice. I am against mandating these things. I'm against vaccine passports, especially when you're not giving the people the information. And that's what we need to have happen is we need transparency now, not something that's going to follow what's called political science and polling data, but actually give us the true science and data and allow people to make an educated, empowered decision on what's best for them and their family. I mean, to me, that's just common sense. Yeah, it is common sense, but common sense ain't too common anymore, Garrett. You know that. So, exactly right. you know, and, and, uh, and, and that's why I'm glad that you came on here because this is a, you know, I'm going to ask the questions and, and, and whether they're hard or whether they're not hard. And, and a lot of people aren't going to do that anymore. And if they do do it, it's either one or the other. It's either a, you know, a, a kiss fest where they just bring you on and highlight you and put you up on a pedestal, or they bring you on to say, you're terrible, you're terrible, you're terrible. I want to have a conversation because the longer you talk, the more people know about you. You know, and that's, and that's one thing is anybody's ever been to any of my events or meet and greets is I don't use teleprompters. I come right off the cuff. You're going to feel me. You're going to know that I'm genuine. And I sit there literally for 35 to 40 minutes, usually after every single event, and I open it up for questions. With any question that anybody wants to ask, they have every right to. And guess what? I'm human. Sometimes I don't know the answer to the question, but I look at that person in the eyes and say, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to look it up and I'm going to get back to you. And just to go back to what nobody's talking about because you trigger something in my head, you know what nobody's talking about right now is natural immunity. That's just all I hear is crickets from the corporate media. So we're at in the history of our species, whenever we had any virus that you went to your medical doctor that next week and the doctor says, hey, you need to get the vaccine. Let's take chickenpox. A lot of, a lot of us have had natural immunity when chickenpox when we were younger. I never went to my medical doctor that next week and they said, hey, now you get to get the, you have to get the chickenpox vaccine. Right. You never, it's not how your immune system works. So all these people in the medical research is now starting to prove that if you've gotten COVID naturally, which I have, and I've had my antibodies tested, which they're through the roof, and they're a whole heck of a lot higher than the vaccine-acquired immunity. But if you have natural immunity, they're finding out that you have immunity for decades, if not, if not lifelong. And so why, why aren't we talking about that? Why are you still trying to force this thing? Why are you trying to incentivize these things? And that's what we've had in the state of Michigan is a governor who just did that. We're doing like lotto, lotteries and stuff for people to win money if they went and got the vaccine. When have you ever had to incentivize yeah, a procedure that supposedly is supposed to protect you? I know. People will just automatically take it. So something's weird and something's off. And that's what's throwing up all these red flags. <laughs> Not against the vaccine. I'm against you withholding information from the people. Well, I'm against you forcing it. And I'm against you going, mm, look at these fries. Don't you think about the vaccine when you eat these fries or are you talking about there's a burger element to this yeah. as well you know that whole that whole creepy cringy salesman like what are you trying to do here like i mean yeah. normal it's, people it see through sense. this you know it doesn't make any sense so and, we, and it's funny like whitmer you know she's has emails out there that i'm a radical rightist and i'm a covid denier which man i've always been very transparent from the beginning that this virus does in fact exist it is real but there's just better ways of handling than locking us down, mandating these things, you know, and just continue with your unilateral control, which should never, ever happen in any state in this great country. Yeah. So, okay, we know that you 
uh, commit to not locking down the community no more. We know that you commit to not forcing um, masks or vaccine passports or kids to be masked up in school or to be vaxxed to go to businesses. We know that you support small business. We know, okay, we've gotten all that out of the way. Now I need uh, two more questions that I want to see if you'll commit to. Number one, will you commit to banning critical race theory in the state of Michigan to be taught in schools? 100% yes. And here's why. Holy cow. You know, and this is and this is going to create so much more division in our country, right? And our kids have every right to learn history. And I'm not going to lie, we have some very, very horrible, ugly, bad scars in our past. You don't erase those scars. Those scars are there to do what? To teach, learn from, to have yeah, awareness, right? All right. So we learn from those scars, and we never repeat the same mistakes over and over and over again. That's called insanity, and that's what a lot of these um, Democrat-ran governors are doing right now. Is they're going right back to the lockdowns, right back to the mandates, and the medical research shows they do more harm than good. And there's there's research to show that mandates do not slow or stop the spread of this thing. So we have insanity going on again, but we have to get that garbage out of schools. And that is just unbelievable, the, the conditioning that's going on, that you're going to allow people to be ashamed of what they look like and what color they are. Yeah. Man, I thought we got over this generations ago, but they're just bringing it right back. And, you know, this is the regressive left at their worst. Right. And it's unbelievable. And uh, BLM, Antifa, what are you going to do when they destroy your cities and your state? What are you going to do, calling the National Guard on them? I tell you what, look. It, you, you have every right to peacefully protest, but as soon as it goes violent, you lose that right, and your butt needs to get thrown in jail and not get bailed out by the Hollywood elites. Yeah, or yeah. Or, or, or Kamala Harris, right? Yeah, you got it, 100%. And that's one thing, and, and now you got me all fired up. I know, bro, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to pull it out of you, Garrett. And I tell you what, like, and this is what happened to us this last year when we started doing all these protests and rallies against the draconian lockdowns with Governor Whitmer is they actually started having research articles done that say we were like super spreader events. And then the BLM stuff happened and they start rioting and they actually came out with research stating that the BLM riots, they didn't spread the virus. And they just, like, two weeks prior were saying that we were super spreader events. And they're running with the same narrative in Europe because they're, they're, they're dealing with a clown show right now. You know, and there's a lot of anti-lockdown protests where tens of thousands of people that's pretty impressive that are in the streets. And they're saying that they're super spreader events now. It's, it's corporate media at its worst. It's rolling with a political narrative. It's hot garbage. Again, give people the truth. And if you're going to start tearing down our cities, then the police need to go in there and clean house. And the police don't do it, the National Guard comes in, and then you're really going to see the power of the mighty uh, American army. And you commit to that. Absolutely. See, that's, that's what, see, here's what, here's how you're going to win. And you know this, you know this, the, 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 the center, the center left and the center right. And, and, and let's say even the ones that didn't like president Trump, all you got to do is go out there and say, Michigan, Hey, Michigan, we're going to make Michigan great again. We're no more lockdowns, no more critical race theory, no more masks, no more vast passports. Yeah. BLM and Antifa, you're done. Lay the hammer down and the, and the, who cares about what Detroit does? The rest of the state will come out and vote. The people that sat on their hands for their whole lives, they'll come out and vote for you. If you hit every corner of Michigan, top to bottom, left to right and say, look, here's what I'm going to do. I'm not, I'm, I don't care if you're a Democrat or Republican, I'm going to make the state great again. And this is how we're going to do it. And you're going to win. I mean, that's all, but, but here's the, here's my last question for you. And I think this seals the deal with your win right here. Will you as a governor, 
do everything in your power to get rid of Dominion voting machines in the state of Michigan. Yeah, I mean, you have to. And this is what... The question is, will you? Not you have to, will you? If I now I have to work with the, 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 hopefully not the mean girls up there right now, but if I have the power to get rid of them, they're gone. Well, who, who, who holds that power in Michigan? Is it Secretary of State? Is it, I mean, how, how is that, who holds the power to make that final decision whether you get Dominion in your state or not? Well, I think it, it has to come with the legislature and the governor and everybody in it together. I mean, we're done with the unilateral control. We, the people, need to get this done together. And I think that's a bipartisan issue. We want election integrity. We want to make sure on both sides of the aisle that when we go out to vote for whatever candidate that we want to support, that that vote's going to count. You know, we I still have in my mind scars of the images of the Detroit Police Department coming in and basically um, throwing out the poll challengers. Remember when they were putting up the boards? Did you see all that footage? Yes, yes. You know, and that's the stuff that's cemented in my mind. Like, holy cow, they used this pandemic to basically shut out these poll watchers which should never ever happen and i really feel going forward is that we're going to have a lot of engagement i think there's going to be a lot of people that stand up and they're going to be there and we need poll watchers and we want to make sure going forward but look if the dominion voting systems were plugged in you you can't tell me that you can hack a pipeline and you can't hack a dominion voting. of course of course you know it's common sense again right so anything that can be hacked, anything that can be manipulated, it's got to go. It's got to go. Even if we have to go back to the old school way, right? I mean, we have to get voter ID in every state, in my humble opinion. Like if you need to, you have to show your ID for everything. To buy booze, tobacco, to buy a house, a car, go to school. Why Why should you not have to be able to prove to me that you're a United States citizen? Well, I'll tell you what, if you, when is, when's the election? What, 2022, right? November 2022. November 2021. days, I think, but who's counting? So November 2022, how can you make sure as a, say you're a main candidate, say you and her are going head to head, you know, the fake polls, the. Your CNN, your fake news. The CNN you fake polls have her winning, whatever, you're going head to head. How can you, not having the power of the governorship yet, how can you at that point, as a major leader of the party moving forward, how can you make sure that that same crap that happened on November 3rd of 2020 doesn't happen in your gubernatorial race? How can you in, How can you do that? How can you make that happen? By whooping her butt, not even <laughs> allowing it to be close. Okay? And here's how this is going to happen. When she locked down these restaurants at 25% capacity at the end of November, okay? So I'm going to go off on a little tangent right Sure, now. go. Do it. We locked, this, locked those restaurants down, 25% capacity, 10 p.m. curfew, right? Then she went on there and told us that we can't celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas because we want to make sure that grandma and grandpa are there next year. And then she shut down these schools and took away these kids' athletics. Right there when she did that, and that's one thing I've learned throughout my journey on this, this cosmic journey we call life, is you don't mess with mama bear and grandma bear. Because they are ferocious. Mm. And that's what she did when she locked up these schools and took away these kids' experiences, diminished their opportunities, and diminished their dreams. And then when we had to cancel Christmas, she went to the inauguration with her two daughters several weeks later, do as I say, not as I do. And then as we moved this thing forward, because she's literally the gift that keeps on giving, she told us not to go down to Florida during spring break because Florida was COVID hell. And you were going to bring all that garbage back here, even though her own 
uh, staff who was in charge of the vaccine rollout went down during spring break. Sure. Posting pictures. And then Elizabeth Hertel, which we the people tried to block that nomination, but the rhinos in Lansing didn't block it. And she's the one that masked up our babies. And then she got her hand caught in the cookie jar when she went on a podcast sure. and lied to the American people and lied to Michiganders and said she has not been anywhere outside the state of Michigan except when she went to Israel for business, not knowing she would get her hand caught in a cookie jar because she flew privately on a $30,000 private jet to go visit her supposedly sick dad, which I have no problem with. If you want to go and see your dad that's sick or see your deceased um, friend or family member, you have every right. But you spit in the face of the thousands of Michiganders this past year that you didn't give that opportunity to, and these people died alone. And literally, <laughs> the icing on the cake with this governor is when she had her own rule that you cannot go out with more than six people, and then that weekend, she went out with 15 of her friends in a, in a pizza joint in Lansing, and she had a picture taken. Again, she's an elitist. She's lost all touch of reality with all of us, and she continues to have rules for thee, not for me. Do as I say, not as I do. And that is what's going to lose the middle. And that's why we're getting the middle, because I am here to unite people. We are so sick of the division in not only this state, but this country, because that's where they want to keep us. They want to keep us divided because that's how they keep control. They are afraid of unification. The Republican Party right now has an opportunity to be the party of unity if they merely muster the courage to claim it. And that's what I'm hoping I'm going to bring to the table is to unite and bring that middle over to our side as we dominate this election. And it's not even close. I'm that's how we get through that. I'm telling you what, brother, you do what you just did on this little tangent you went off. And you don't be that suit and tie guy that everybody's sick and tired of seeing. Like, I get it. There's a level of professionalism. You're a doctor. You have a business. I get the entire... There you go. Take that jacket off. Unbutton that. There you go. There you go. Unbutton that. Roll those sleeves up, my brother. Unbutton that top button, too. That's what... See, but that's what people... That I can just tell you by watching my audience comments right now on social media... The last part of what you just did is what we are dying for. And that's what made President Trump win. So, yes, there is a balance of I have to be professional. I'm, I'm, I'm running for the, the governorship of, uh, uh, you know, and, and, to, and to run the state. But at the same time, bro brother, you're human. I'm human. We're all human. We want to be able to know that the guy that's going to be taking care of us, we can sit down and have a cup of coffee with and go off on a backyard rant about all this crap if we have to. That's what people want, and I'm so happy that you've... That's why I tried to keep you on as long as I could. I wanted that. I wanted to bring that out of you. So I'm glad you did that. Hey, you're going to get the hillbilly out of me, that's for sure. That's what we want! I come from humble beginnings. A lot of people don't know that. Is The first part of my life, I was raising a trailer. And we hunted. Me we too. Fished, we burned wood for heat. You know, that's how I was raised. And, and I know what it's like to want. And I know what it's like to need. And that's why with the people in the state of Michigan, I'm them. And I'm just going to be an expression of them. I'm, this is not Garrett's campaign. This is not Garrett's run for governor. This is the people's run for governor. This is the people's race. I am just merely going to be the expression to all of them. And that's what you're going to get with me. Somebody's going to be transparent, tell the truth, and always do what's right. That's just who I am. And that's one thing I can guarantee to everybody that's watching. No matter what happens here in November 2022 and after we do two terms, look, I'm going to be able to leave this gig. And I'm going to be able to look at my creator, myself in the mirror, my wife, my kids, everybody in the eye. And I said, I did it my way. I did it what was the right way to do it. And I didn't do it to, according to some political narrative. I did what was right for the people.
Boom. Getting with me. Amen, brother. All right, well, why don't you go ahead and take the last couple minutes, tell people how they can follow you on social media, how they can get involved, because getting involved digitally is just seems to be just as important as physically these days. I do have your website up below your name on the screen, but uh, where, wherever you uh, would ask people to go donate to, the next two minutes are yours, brother. Go off. I'll tell you what, just go to jarrettformichigan.com, and that's how you can help us. Folks, we need your donations. We need your support. If we don't fundraise, we're dead in the water because we're going up against Whitmer's war chest right now. But I tell you what, and this is just a message out to everybody that's watching right now. Don't you ever think that you can't make a difference. That's one thing that this experience has taught me over this past year is the power of one can lead to the power of many. Uh. You have every right, if you have that burning desire in your heart and soul, to run for any level of office, whether that be your neighborhood book club, city council, school board, legislature. I don't care what it is. If you have that burning desire, then you need to go and serve because you never know what small act that you may say or do or when you stand up that may change the lives of millions tomorrow. That's how powerful we are as a people. That's how powerful we are as a movement. And that's the power of our republic, which we will restore together. Thank you for your time, brother. Hey, man. Hey, I'll tell you what. Thank you for your time, too. And, and, and you have my uh, commitment to when you're really getting into the heat of this race. I'm going to bring you back on. I'm going to have a new studio at that time. There's going to be another platform. We're going to be on Real America's Voice News. But if if if, um, if you want us to come up there with the, with the Save America Freedom Tour bus again, I'd love to make another trip back to Michigan. I'd love to do an event with you. I'd love to fundraise with you. Um, and, I'm, and, and, and I'll let you know, too, I'm going to be interviewing other people for the state running for governor, too, because I think that's the fair thing to do. Uh, and what it's going to come down to is who's who's got the power, who's got the Who's got the following in Michigan? Uh, who's got the, who's got the people behind them? And uh, one way or another, I want to get together with you. I want to help you out as much as I can because I think what you said today, and I didn't and I didn't know I was going to say this until the end. But and I did the same thing with Joe uh, Joe Blystone. At the end of the conversation, I realized, hey, I like this guy. I like this guy a lot. He stands for what I stand for. So any way I can help you out, you always you, you have my number. Reach out to me, and, uh, and and I know we got a huge audience in Michigan who loves you too. So you're welcome back anytime, my friend. Well, God bless you, brother. All right. Have a great day. God bless you, and we'll talk soon. Yes, sir. Have a good one. All right. Have a good one, man. All right, folks. So there it is. That wraps up my uh, my interview with Garrett Saldano, and I got more news, so we're running late today. We're running late today. It just is what it is. I can't help it. I'm sorry that we're running late today, but it is what it is. Um so if, if you guys got to go, I understand. If you're at work and you got to go, I understand. But uh, I wanted to really get that. I wanted to get this interview done today because I, I thought it was very, very important for the people of Michigan to hear what this guy said. I know there was people in here that didn't like him to begin with that ended up going, you know what? I actually liked what he had to say. That's the point of bringing people on. Not because, hey, I endorsed him right away or anything like that. I love Tudor Dixon. I think Tudor's going to be great to come on. I'm a friend of hers. I did an event with her. She worked for Real America's Voice News. Going to bring her on, too. Whatever we got to do to get people involved. Courage is contagious. I think he did a great job. I think uh, I asked him the right questions. I asked him the hard questions. There was no need to argue or fight with him because he answered the questions. And now, if he didn't answer the questions... That's another story. So let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. i got a couple more things to play for you. We're probably going to run into about the 20 to 25-minute hour after. Uh, so stay tuned, and we'll be right back, folks. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm coming to you with the most important commercial that I've ever done. All of you know what my pillow and myself have gone through in the last five months in my efforts to bring the truth forward. 
Well, it's all come down to this. I'm having a cyber symposium on August 10th, 11th, and 12th. This historical event will be live streamed 72 hours straight on my new platform, frankspeech.com. You can help by getting everybody you know to go to frankspeech.com now. To help support the cyber symposium event, I am offering some of the best prices ever on my pillow products, but they're only offered at frankspeech.com. Go to frankspeech.com now and use the promo code on your screen or call the 1-800 number below to receive these exclusive MyPillow offers. Thank you and God bless. And back here on Live from America, yes, make sure that you check out MyPillow.com and help Mike in his fight for America as we're all in it together. Um, I wanted to just let you know that I appreciate you guys sending me questions to ask him, <clears throat> especially the questions about blocking people, about his relationship with Mike Shirky, if there's anything that goes further there that we need to know about. Um, I asked him everything that I think I could have asked him. You know, I was getting questions from a lot of you, and I, and, and I took those questions, and a lot of those questions were the same as my questions. So I just wanted to make sure that, that I got those questions out there, and I think that we as a whole did a good job, and I think that the answers that he gave were truthful, whether you liked him or not, and I think that they, he didn't dance around any question. That's what I look for. That's what I look for. So God bless Garrett and, uh, and his, his, um, his push forward. Okay, so thank you guys. All right, let's break it down. We've got a couple more things to go through. Let's talk about the New York Times and the Wuhan lab real quick. This is important, folks, so check this out. The New York Times, um, their top editor, had instructed their entire staff and all of their reporters to not report on the origins of COVID-19. And we know this because new emails were uncovered by U.S. Right to Know through uh, FOIA requests and through lawsuits. U.S. Right to Know got their hands on these emails, and these emails showed that the top editor at the New York Times actually instructed and commanded the staff and the reporters that all work for the New York Times to not cover the origin story of COVID-19. And you got to ask yourself, why? Why wouldn't they want to know that? Wouldn't they win a Pulitzer Prize or something? Wouldn't they, what's the top prize award for a reporter who breaks the biggest story that's ever been known to man? You know what I mean? So you got to ask yourself, why wouldn't the New York Times, whose ratings are about tied with CNN, as far as how many people look to them for news, why wouldn't they want this to happen? So big shout out to U.S. Right to Know for uncovering these emails, because it's huge. But here's, here's what happened next. Here's what happened next. The Wuhan lab, we also got emails. Let me see who these emails. Um, I have the name of the people who uncovered this, too. I think I wrote it down somewhere else, but I will get the name of these people that uncovered this. So, also, more emails that were uncovered through FOIA requests and other lawsuits um, were correspondence between the United States government, the Secretary of State's office specifically, and the Wuhan lab. And in these emails, we found out that the top director at the Wuhan lab uh, demanded that none of the people in the Wuhan lab uh, answer any questions from anybody or engage in any kind of conversation as to the origin of 
the COVID-19 Tony Fauci virus. So you have the New York Times colluding with the federal government who's colluding with the Wuhan lab to all work together in tandem to make sure that we don't find out where the origin of the virus came from. Just in that fight alone, just like the fight that the fight that doesn't make sense that Biden's doing at the border, fighting to break the law, just the fight that these guys want to keep this investigation down lets you know everything that you need to know. President Trump was right. Um, Mike Pompeo was right. Steve Bannon's been right. Uh, Dr. Peter Navarro has been right. John Fredericks has been right. We know the origin of this virus. And the reason that China, the CCP, I should say, not the Chinese people, but the reason why the CCP is working so heavily to make sh- with the Democrats to make sure Donald Trump doesn't come back is because they know that he is going to do the same thing he's going to do to all these dirty swamp rats here in this country. He's going to hold them accountable. He's going to hold them accountable so bad that it puts China back in like last place as far as production and GDP. So that is why, ladies and gentlemen, that's why. Now we're going to give the Smarty Award of the day today, so we'll cue that drum roll, shall we? August 4th, 2021, the Smarty Award of the day goes to... Sonny Borelli, Arizona State Senator Sonny Borelli, ladies and gentlemen. Let's just go ahead and pull up the story, shall we? Uh, Yesterday, Wendy Rogers put out a very, very, I would say, threatening statement to the Maricopa Board of Supervisors and to Dominion, telling them that they are veterans and they are coming at you hard and there isn't going to be enough solitary confinement cells for all of you that they're going to put away. That happened yesterday. And who was she referring to? She was referring to herself and Sonny Borelli, who is a veteran of the Marine Corps. All right? Now check this out. We're going (laughs) to, Arizona State Senator Sonny Borelli made a formal request yesterday for the Attorney General, Mark Burnovich, to investigate Maricopa County's noncompliance with legislative subpoenas as well as Dominion. Now, here's the kicker Mark Burnovich, the AG, who has come out talking that he supports the forensic audit and says the forensic audit should move forward, even though his actions haven't done much to this point, he is compelled under state law to investigate this. Bernovich is required under Senate Bill 1487, introduced by former state Senator Andy Biggs, to comply with this request and investigate the county's violation of legal subpoenas. Now, because they violated the subpoena from the state Senate, it's not a felony, but it is a misdemeanor. It is a misdemeanor. And Mark Bernovich needs to get involved, get the investigation going, charge them with misdemeanor crimes, which I think he's going to do, because he's running for states or he's running for uh, U.S. Senate in Arizona. So he needs to make sure that he does what he's supposed to do to make sure that he gets his political capital through the roof. So he needs to charge them with these misdemeanors, which under law they're guilty of right now. Once he charges them with this mis- these misdemeanors, the state Senate and the judge can work together to subpoena from a judge, from a court of law, this information. This, it won't take days, months, it won't take 45 days to get this going. Okay. Now, once they not that once they don't comply with that, which I'm sure they won't, because whatever comes out of this is going to be a lot more damning than them just getting misdemeanor charges. Well, then they can be held in contempt of court, and then they can be jailed indefinitely until this information is produced. And one way or another, folks, the information will be produced. This investigation will continue to go forward. This forensic audit will get the equipment and the routers and the passwords that they need. It's inevitable. 
It's inevitable. It cannot be stopped at this point. And it won't be stopped in Georgia, and it won't be stopped in Pennsylvania. And I expect to hear next week that Georgia is going to do a full full forensic audit of their entire state because I expect Judge Amaro to come back and give another ruling as to the 140,000 fraudulent votes that we know about that are there as well. They're not going to stop it. They're going, to do, they're going to do whatever they can to kick the can down the road, even if it means being held in contempt of court. Because, ladies and gentlemen, they're already guilty. And the charge that they're going to get from the fraudulent election is 10 billion times worse than misdemeanors or contempts of court. Okay? So, just to let you know, we need to call Mark Burnovich's office. So let's do that right now together. Here is the number to call Mike Burnovich's office and make sure that he moves forward with the investigation and with any charges that need to be brought up. 602-542-5025. Again, that is 602-542-5025. Thank you for calling the Arizona Attorney General's office. To continue in English, please press 1. Well, uh, it is America, so. On behalf of Arizona Attorney General Mark Burnovich, I hope that we can be helpful to you at the Arizona Attorney General's office. Please choose from the following options at any time. For consumer information or complaints, press 1. For the Identity Theft Helpline, press 2. For the Elder Helpline, press 3. For the Community Services Program, press 4. If you are a victim of crime or client on behalf of a crime victim, press 5. For employment, the state. housing, or disability discrimination issues, press 6. If you have a question regarding Arizona's FinTech Sandbox, please email sandbox at azag.gov. For child support issues, you need to call a different number. Please call Child Support Enforcement at 602-252-4045. Again, that number is 602 Says if we want to report a crime. For assistance from our receptionist, press 0. Hear this menu again. Let's just press 0. Wait while I transfer your call. We are victims of crimes. Well, I'm only going to let that ring one more time, and then we'll call later. Boop. So you got the number anyway, and you know how to call, and we got to make sure that we call in support of Mark, Bur- uh, Mark Burnovich's investigation and charges being brought up on these people who are clearly, clearly not complying with the will of the people that they all represent. So, ladies and gentlemen, um, let's make sure we get that done. And, of course, the Smarty Award goes to Sonny Borelli. And uh, Sonny Borelli is pushing hard, and he's not going to let this go by. I want to end the show today, folks, with showing you a really, really, really funny video. (laughs) I just thought it was funny. Of course I thought it was funny. So this is called How to Create an Anti-Vaxxer. How to Create an Anti-Vaxxer. Check this out. (laughs) 
Look, I made muffins. Cool. Yeah. Here, have one. Oh, no thanks. It's like 7 a.m. Maybe a little later. No, have it now. They're good for you. It's very important that you eat it now. I don't want it. Come on, do it for your brothers and sisters. Um, if they want one, they can come eat one themselves. You're being incredibly selfish. You should be so grateful that I made this for you. Look, the more you talk about it, the more I don't want it. What do you want? A cash prize? A chance at the lottery? Leave me alone! Eat it, you murderer! <laughs> and that's how it goes! That's... Excuse me, I gotta shut that up. That's how it goes, folks. That's why we don't want to take the vaccine. Because of the way you forced it. You probably could have got so many more people to take this vaccine if you just been, you know, were normal and not cringy about it and push it. No, I'm okay, I don't want it. Yeah, but we made it for you. So you should take it. Yeah, no, but I I'm I'm good. I don't want it. I haven't I'm 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 healthy and I'm young. Yeah, but um you never know what could happen. Just come on, take it. Just just take it for it's free. We'll give you burgers and fries. Yum, yum, yum. No, I'm good. Thank you, though. You're kind of being weird the way you're pushing it on me. Come on. Take it. We gave it to you for free. You're a murderer. <laughs> oh, no wonder we don't want to take it. I want to show you guys one more thing here. And this is if you go to jeremyherald.com, you will see the brand new shirts and hats up. But I want to highlight them for you. So here we go. Here's the featured merch. You got your JeremyHarrell.com hats. Of course, you have your Live from America hats. But here, ladies and gentlemen, is the brand new t-shirt. Check this out. Scroll down. That's what it looks like. When tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. And right there it says LFA approves this message. And, of course, on the side it's got the JH logo and the RMA logo for RMA Apparel. Check that out today. Uh, $25 t-shirts. You can go from small all the way up to triple X. And I'm going to use a portion of the of uh, these t-shirt sales and the hat sales for the next couple weeks uh, to help out that, uh, that poor dog who's got the, uh, the cancer lump. Uh, anything we can to help each uh, help each other, right, folks? So make sure you check out the new shirts again. When tyranny becomes law, rebellion becomes duty. Three percent, seventeen seventy six. Get yourself a hat. Get yourself a t shirt today, and you get a free Swamp Donkey sticker with each purchase as well. Which I sent out over a hundred to donors last week, and we're sending out another hundred to donors this week. So God bless you guys. Remember, there are right ways and there are wrong ways, but there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall, keep your shoulders back, keep your chest out, and keep your head up high. Because you are a child of God, and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I will see you tonight, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, for more Live from America. Until then, reach one, teach one, spread some seeds for the gospel, and bless somebody today. See you guys tonight. Bye-bye.